Welcome to Turtle Talks, Happy Dancing Turtles bi-monthly podcast. We like to talk gardening, soil health, food systems, nature, and anything else that falls under the term sustainable practices. In this episode, we talk about the growing clean meat and plant-based meat markets that are becoming more and more available across the country. We discuss how this can impact climate change and the current agricultural systems at large. So thanks for tuning in. It's a fun episode, so let's get started. side of the donut it caramelizes the sugar the inside of the donut gets soft and luscious and just delicious if you've never <laughs> roasted a donut you need to i've never roasted a donut roasted donuts roasted yep simple uh, sugar but, regular sugar but stale donuts they, they got to be hard otherwise they fall apart they got to be a little bit stale so that you can get them on board <laughs> then they get good yeah and then they just it's just amazing Seems like one of those noble meat things, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good transition, I guess. Uh, all right, um, geez, welcome back to this episode of Turtle Talks. Um, we know it's been a little while, we've been busy around here, but we're excited to talk about this topic, at least I am, because I think I think it has uh, the possible possibility for a lot of debate, uh, a lot of positive debate, a lot of back and forth. And the, uh, the thing I'm really looking forward to is getting Jim going on this topic because it's something that's near and dear to his heart. And, uh, well, I'll just say it. we're going to be talking about lab-grown slash plant-based meats, and I put quotation marks around that, versus real meat, you know, cow. Um, Jim put down the title, All Meat is Not Created Equal. That's that's the name of this title. That was that was me. Oh, was that you? Okay, yeah. Allison. <laughs> All meat is not created equal. So yeah, you know the old radio shows where they'd say, you know, this episode is, and then they'd say an episode of or, and then they'd kind of have a funny like <laughs> tagline underneath. Sure. So yeah, sure. this is lab-grown plant-based meat versus real meat meat or mm-hmm. all meat is not created equal. That works. Definitely works. Uh, the, the, the impetus behind this topic was uh, just last week, there was a, a, a company called uh, Beyond Meat. They, they just went public. And this is a company that is making a plant-based product that synthesizes what uh, meat tastes like. They just went public and they're valued at over oh, $3.5 billion today. And that's just starting. So... Um, it's something that intrigued me, and I thought, well, let's talk a little bit about why they might be doing that and, and, and why um, there might be pushback, why there might be pushback on um, plant-based or even synthetically-based meat. We can look at the current costs of beef. For now, the average person eats over 50 pounds of beef per year. That's hot dogs, hamburgers, fast food, steaks. That's in the U.S. Uh, in the U.S., yes, yeah. that's in the U.S. That's a lot of beef. That's so, and, and they're saying that that's only going to increase as people um, get a taste for it, I guess, and, and learn that, you know, that's something that... Well, in our notes here, it says the U.S. goes through about 52 billion pounds 
of of beef per year yeah. and 270 pounds per person. Yeah. Did, on average. Did I say that wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's even, that's a lot. That's almost yeah. 300 pounds of beef a year. That's insane. Yeah. Right. I mean, so do the math. That's a pound of beef, almost a pound of beef a day, give or take. A little less requires. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you guys like to eat? I mean, what's your favorite type of beef product? Is it steak? Is it... I guess I don't know. I don't. I don't eat three quarters of a pound of beef a day. <laughs> I don't know who does. I don't either. I don't eat a lot of beef. Yeah. Um, um, maybe just, meat total in a day. I would, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I've never kept track. But we eat. Uh, on a personal note, we eat more pork and chicken because it's e- just easier to buy those things locally from a farmer than it is to buy beef cuts because a, a cow is so big. You know, yeah. a steer is so yeah. big. Yeah. Um, so we we tend to buy pork and chicken just because it's easier. It's not that we don't like beef, but um, I I'm partial to roasts of any kind. So I really like yeah. roast beef, roast pork. Um, and then if I go out to a really good restaurant where I know they know how to cook a steak, I'll order a steak. That's the only time I'll eat a steak because <laughs> I don't I don't know that I can cook one well enough to be worth buying you sure. know a really nice steak and ruining it at home so and steak is absolutely expensive chris, yeah. chris the chef is laughing <laughs> i laugh but at the same note i would say 90 percent of my family's beef is ground so sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. how i consume a lot of our that's how we consume a lot of the beef we eat too goes in a lot Just of recipes to, um, nice and easy mm-hmm. one of my favorite cuts of beef is the brisket Oh, the, the pulled? The brisket. Yeah. Or that's a, just a, a, you know, just a, a smoked or, or roasted brisket or whether it's uh, like corned beef. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. stuff's delish. Yeah. It's, flat that, steak is uh, my favorite. Flat steak. I can, I can chop that up nice and neat and put on salads and things. And mm-hmm. It's super tasty. Tongue? That's not an option, I think, uh, for any of us. <laughs> we wouldn't eat a tongue. To I, had a, I had a tongue taco. It was really good. Yeah. There's a food truck in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Food taco truck in Cambridge. Food was really good. Like ground up tongue, I would imagine. It's not just it like was chopped, chopped. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. Chopped up. You, you wouldn't have known it was tongue. I never, I wouldn't have known. Hmm. They'll sell tripe. Spices cover a lot of texture. <laughs> <laughs> texture-based issues. How do you think a tongue is textured different than, than, than the rump roast? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just up here in the head. Maybe it's That's just all there. it is. This tastes different. I'm not or, on board with tongue. Or Rocky Mountain oysters, for that matter. All right. <laughs> Uh, that is part of a beef, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is, so to speak. <laughs> um, Bottom line is uh, the, the demand for beef is is, is increasing, mm-hmm. at least in America. Yeah. Um, according to World Wildlife Federation Fund, uh, WWF, not the wrestling fund, organization. I think it's fund. Yeah, yeah. WWF, yeah. Uh, the, the environmental organization. They say that uh, 25% of all land use is reserved for beef grazing in the U.S. That's for uh, feedlots, grazing, all that stuff is included. That's a lot of land for one commodity. Can you guys, I mean, it seems like a lot. I'd be interested to know how much is reserved for corn. 
corn yeah. and soybeans myself. There's probably more. Right. right. That's being fed to livestock. And that's being fed right. Maybe to that's cows. what's included into that. I don't, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. Do you think this is just... So so how much of that land is actually suitable to farm? Well, it's probably land that can't be real cropped anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if it wasn't in beef production, it wouldn't be being utilized for anything except for to grow trees and probably poor habitat with all livestock. But we're, okay. get, we're getting ahead. Of, we're getting ahead of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we get, yeah, we got <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that conclusion here. But um, because there are so many cows... In the U.S., they say that 15% of the world's greenhouse gas production is made through cow belches. Methane. What do mm-hmm. we think of that? Does that seem... How much uh, the world's greenhouse gas emission is created through conventional agriculture and application of herbicide or uh, anhydrous ammonia and other... You know, anhydrous ammonia, either somewhere between 60 at the very most, 75% of the anhydrous is actually taken up by the plant. Sometimes it's as low as 40. And what's not taken up by the plant? Anhydrous ammonia is a synthetic fertilizer okay. made, from, made from petroleum. Okay. Um, and if it's not taken up by the plant, it's either leached into our groundwater or into our surface waters. I should say the portion of it that's not used by the plant is, it's not if, is, is leached used. into the groundwater. <laughs> and ends up in our water supply, or it's released as nitric oxide into the atmosphere, which is 180 times more potent as a greenhouse gas than carbon. Okay. So let's, you know, methane's, in a, methane's bad too. It's, yeah. w- it's worse than carbon. Right. But so is nitrous oxide. So is nitrous right. oxide. So right. let's talk about all of agriculture, not just cows, if we're going to okay. talk about... Okay. If we're going to talk about damage to our environment, okay, mm-hmm. what we eat can damage our environment, whether it's plants or whether it's animals. And so, so we can agree <clears> that though, because there is a, a huge demand for cows, for beef, that is adding to the climate change problem. Can we agree on that? The fact that we're up to what eight and a half billion people on the planet is adding to climate change. Sure, sure. They all have to eat. Yeah, yeah. People got to eat, right? right. And one pe- people think that solution is to feed them this this fake meat. This is this is plant, a way to reduce yeah, or help meet that demand. Plant proteins. Yeah, right? exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So we can or go in synthesized proteins. Synthesized, right? yeah, clean meat. They call <laughs> it, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, faux meat. I think is what I call it. What? Faux meat. Oh, faux meat. Okay, yeah, <laughs> faux meat. Um, so we can, but we can all agree that. Conventional agriculture um, is bad for the environment. It produces or releases greenhouse gases, does not allow for carbon storage in the soil, um, dirties the water. vast majority of agriculture is done this way, right? And the air, right. Um, And and we call that conventional, you know, kind of put it in finger quotes, we call that conventional agriculture. Um, And that is what's been grown out of the Green Revolution with... um, you know, the as we get more industrialized and more technology into farming, we think we're doing better and better because mm-hmm. um, we are growing more food. Yeah, we're feeding people. But problem solving, right? What are the consequences? And yeah, I think the other thing that you know, for this for this introduction in particular, I think you know, if you look at the numbers, three quarters of a pound of beef per day per person. <laughs> It's maybe a little bit too much. It's too yeah. much, absolutely. You know, Thomas Jefferson had the quote, the quote from Thomas Jefferson that I really liked is he said that 
your meat should be like a condiment to flavor and enhance your vegetables. Mm -hmm. And Thomas Jefferson was like one of the pioneers or whatever he, wasn't he? Actually, I've been to Monticello. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both him and Washington were, well, were considered, yeah. you know, the leading agriculturalists in their time. Yeah. And um, I've been to um, Mount Vernon and Monticello, mm -hmm. and I think Washington probably had a little better perspective on where agriculture should be going. Mm -hmm. Little, it was more profitable. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't get into the socioeconomic uh, of, of the <laughs> didn't, right. do, didn't do quite that well. Right. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, with, with the, the modern agriculture that we have, we can see that there are greenhouse gases being created. Um, tons of land, tons of energy is used to create, or that, that, that is being in the system right now, right? Yep. Uh, water use, all this stuff is being astronomically large yeah. amounts of, of being used to sustain this uh, system that we're in right now. To, to feed us. To feed us, right. right. Yeah, I mean, it's not a, a bad goal, I guess. You know, I like to eat. To eat. But there <laughs> is more than enough food to feed the world. I, I would just like to say that we're, we're uncovering all of these little tangents and side shoots, and just to remember that everything is connected. You pull one string, um, you pull, pull one string in the fabric of the universe, and you're going to see how yeah. all the other little strings react, you know, and everything is connected. And we can't forget that our decisions, our buying decisions, our life decisions, um, how we treat other people, how we treat the environment, they all have consequences. And are you proud of your choices and the consequences that those have had, if they're good, mm -hmm. or are you not? So yeah. let's just keep that in mind, that right. the fabric of the world, it's all connected. There's there's no system that just lives in its own bubble. No. Yeah, it's all right. connected. It's impossible. Oh, yeah, uh, doing some research for this podcast, I found that there's two different types of, um, of, of, of meat alternatives um, that, are, that are trying to, to fulfill this demand for, for the taste of meat. Uh, one is, we'll, we'll do this first, is lab-grown or clean meat. These, these laboratories will take, um, take a stem cell, and they take one cell, and they put it in this Petri dish, and then they they bathe it basically in food, which is like a bunch of you know, amino acids and stuff that, that that's, this, this cell will multiply to 
you know, over a trillion muscle cells. Well, so whatever it is that a cell eats, that's what they that's give it. That's what they give yeah. it. Give yeah. it a food bath. Yes, a food bath. It just basically <laughs> sits there for two weeks or so until it becomes it's a little string that they cultivate, and then they get enough so, of those. So what is the food? I did a little mm -hmm. looking into this, too, and sure. I, I didn't dive real deep into it, but I don't know what they feed that cell. Yeah, they, I, it's I amino acids yeah, it's, in yeah. different. But where do they come from? They're they're chemically based, so yeah. they're they're they're, yeah. they're farmed, uh, I guess you could say, um, for whatever reason. Normally, plants. So energy doesn't just appear. No. So it's this is process. Coming, it's it's going to be an energy process that'll cost energy plant. and other things. So somehow that plant has to be grown. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah, it's from it's from a plant. Yeah. Um, but the the cell itself is meat. Meat. It's a, it's yeah. a muscle. Muscle. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, so like two weeks later, they have enough to make enough for like a, a half pound patty. Uh, so when they first designed this, it cost, this one patty uh, cost over $300,000. This is back in 2005 when they started making it. But now they've got it to about $300 for a patty, which is still astronomical for one meal, right? But they say that by next year, you can get this fake patty, this, this clean meat, for around $350 a pound, which is reasonable, reasonable. Okay, okay, so that's one, right? And, and the next one is a plant-based system. Now, this is the one that's that, that we were talking about earlier in the introduction, impossible meats, beyond meat. These are the ones that are based on, um, on, on plants. They, basically, they take cuts of soybeans, basically, and, and to, to give you the texture. They put in uh, coconut flakes and stuff to simulate the fat. I don't know how they get rid of the coconut flavor, but that simulates the fat. And they have this little mixture that they can put together. And on top of that, they put this thing that they discovered as actually the meat flavor. It's something called heme. It looks like blood. Um, and so when you cook <laughs> it, it even bleeds. So what's that stuff made out of? Heme. It's, it's um, all living things have this type of this, mm. this, this product in it, even plants, right? And so that's what they're, they're finding this. Uh, this they're so using it. Some sort of goo. It's a goo, basically. It's a liquid that they Some pour Some sort of life-based yeah. goo. Yeah. To my understanding, they've, they've centrifuged cells of plants yeah. and okay. gotten it into different things. And the one section that, that they're using, they've deemed as heme, is, uh, is the flavor yeah. of, of uh, cells. That's that's and that's what you bite into a burger. You're gonna taste that. Oh my god, that. this is horrifying. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's 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 it's. So they have systems basically where they can scale up, and instead of just growing soybeans and pulling it out of the root, they use a certain type of uh, yeast, which they can ferment it and make it uh, scalable up to millions of burgers, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so that. Yeah, soybeans. Yeah, they're the, yeah. It's soybean soybeans basically. I don't know if that's. Good for the low carb people, but it, it definitely is good for you know uh, uh, people that want to go vegan or probably, uh, probably really good burgers with some bacon and cheese on top. Yeah. Probably, yeah. You know, so the people who've done taste tests and they say, hey, this tastes just like a normal burger. You can, you, it's already oh, in the, it's already in the, uh, the, the fast food realm. They put it in tacos. Uh, but here's the thing: how often, when you go to uh, McDonald's, Burger King, whatever, how often do you just sit down and savor the burger? I don't. I just get it down because it's not the top quality, right? You know, if you go, you go to a burger. You know, that's an understatement, but yeah, <laughs> that's not top quality. <laughs> so, the thing is, okay, so it's going to meet the, the the standard of fast food is what I guess I'm saying, and so that's gotcha. that. And, and yeah. fast food is a huge buyer of yep. of meat, yeah, of beef. Um, 
And beyond that, they do chicken nuggets and, and stuff like that. They haven't been able to find a, a recipe <laughs> for, 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 for steak bacon. or a bacon. Formula. Or a formula. For <laughs> 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 a formula. A recipe. I don't want to call it a recipe. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're still working on that, they said. trying to kind of make a solution for this demand. Mm -hmm. is, is, yeah. is this something that, that do you guys think is part of the solution or is that just something that maybe, eh, nice try, but let's go somewhere else? Um, what do you think? Um, so It's a big open-ended question. I hope it yeah, gets some good answers. Um, in the introduction, we talked about the... Um, negative costs of conventional agriculture, especially the data that we have from the United States, right? But we have no information about what the energy costs are of making these lab yeah. uh, products. Yeah. Um, They're astronomical. I'm they, sure they, they, they are. are. Um, because it's all in a brand new process. And it's brand new, yep. Mm. But... Um, it still takes energy to yep. use a centrifuge to extract the hume to make the plant-based product. And, right? yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Besides, you still have to grow the plant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or you can just... So let's take a look at that. Grow the... Let's take a look at, at real meat. What yeah. I, I'll, I'll, for lack of a better term, let's call it real meat. Well, it is, it's real. Right? It's, it's real. real right? Right? This and other stuff is not It's not lab-grown. It's not lab-based. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I'd like to make the point that... Um, the lab-grown, quote-unquote, clean meat um, is is a, a animal-based protein because it came from a stem cell, right? Yep. Um, and the the term clean meat is is a misnomer. I mean, people are calling it clean meat because no animals were harmed in the making mm -hmm. of this burger, right? But it's not clean. I mean, let's pull that that string, you know, in the web of the universe. It takes energy to create this lab meat. Yeah. And we don't know what the consequences of long-term, you know, development of this product are. Right. Um, like, Chris made an excellent point that this is in development. There is no way we could have, like, any kind of reasonable estimate about what production would be in energy costs or resources. Right. But there are going to be costs. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And it clean, impacts. the term clean is a misnomer. I just... I have a huge problem with calling sure. it clean. To your say, I guess it's they're calling it clean now to differentiate it, but the possibility for it to become more effective or more efficient is there. Um, they have biofuels now that are being grown um, that do the same process of, 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 of growing that this would do that are working out much better than growing of sawgrass or some of the other biofuels that they've used before 
So, I mean, the technology can rise to that occasion, possibly. So, I'm not sure we could discount it because it doesn't rise to that occasion right now. Yes. 20 years from now? 30 years? Do you think the systems that they're just putting in there? Who knows where technology is going? Who knows where technology is going? And, um, but the, how is the, how are the biofuels being grown? You know, what's going into growing those biofuels? Is there a lot of synthetic fertilizer? You know, these are all questions Mm -hmm. we don't have the answers to, and we Mm -hmm. need to acknowledge that. So what I think gets lost in a lot of this discussion when we're trying to compare the benefits and the impacts of plant-based meat versus plant-based food product versus real meat. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, I guess if it's... Made from a stem cell, it's meat, I guess, right? Yep. So yeah. I guess, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Passes the bar. What I what I think gets lost in this, you know, you read posts on Facebook or whatever, wherever you read the article. What what gets lost is they they put all meat in one basket, right, and say this is a cow. You're eating this cow, so it has this impact. And the ones we talked about up here, you know, the twenty five percent, the greenhouse gas, all that kind of stuff. You just stop making cows. So just stop making cows and get rid of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, cows are the problem. Yep. Well, if we look at the the current beef production model, um, most of our cows are started on pasture in cow-calf operations around the country. How that pasture is managed varies immensely from one farm to another. You know, it can be, you know, anywhere from, you know, people that have listened to our podcast have heard me talk about you know, soil health principles and integrating livestock and the need to do proper adaptive rotational grazing and all that. So when they're on the land in these cow-calf operations, they're raised to a stalker level. And usually when they hit stalker, which is um, usually about 800 pounds after, um, you know, about a year or so, the cows are shipped typically to a feedlot to fatten and they're put on grain. When they go to the auction barn from, from the cow-calf operation, the stalkers are generally to get the most profit for the farmer, to get the most money at the auction barn, they're typically giving them somewhere between six and 12 injections of different drugs to prevent the diseases and problems that happen in feedlots. Because anytime you take and concentrate any kind of agricultural production, whether that's plants or animals, you increase the incidence of disease and and pests. Sure. So, in their cow-calf operations, there are injections for certain things, certain flies and certain parasites and things like that that are typically given. Once they go to the feedlot, that dramatically increases the amount of injections and drugs that these livestock are given. Um, And then the other problem with CAFO or feedlot-raised meat is these livestock are fed grain. CAFO, so what does that mean? Confined animal feed operations. Okay. So C- it's C A F O. So okay. it's it's a typical, it's a common term used for any kind of confined animal feeding. So that could be beef on, on in, fe- in a feedlot. It could be chickens in a barn. Mm-hmm. It could be pigs in a barn. Mm-hmm. You know, any of that. Okay. okay. Um, <clears throat> so then when the cows go to the feedlot, they're fed grain. Cows are a ruminant. They evolved for a few thousand years to. You know, to eat grass yeah. and forage. Not their um, favorite food. And when they're put on grains, they tend to emit more greenhouse gases than when they're 
on pasture. Good old belches, right? More belches. Yes. Because um, cows aren't, you know, they're, they're, you know, they have a fermenter, you know, a, a biogas fermenter inside their stomach, and they're not made to, uh, um, they're not made to eat grains. That, that's what we've we've selected for that genetically over, you know, the last century or so. We've gone to livestock cattle in particular that are more suitable to feed on grain because we've selected for those genetics. We've gotten away from the old the old heritage breeds of, of um, Dexters and Galloways and those kind of animals that are more based for shorter shorter animals, more based for grass-fed um, pasture make, management. Make them stronger, make them fatter, meatier, just Just fatter, makes them grow faster. Bigger. Makes them grow faster. faster yeah. Okay. Um, it also confines the, you know, the other impacts that this feedlot animal has, feedlot production has, is it confine, confines your, your um, fertility, your, your manure, mm-hmm. um, which makes distribution and, and runoff a problem um, in heavy rain events, which we're seeing more of. Yikes, yeah. um, and then it, it also alters the fatty composition of the meat when you put them on grain. You have more omega-6s and less omega-3s, um, which makes it less healthy. So I guess what I, I'm thinking this this particular product would be good for, the full meat, is to take in the, the niche that Americans in general have taken up, which is increasing their ground beef intake um, through McDonald's or Burger King or, or wherever, with, with this low-end, like you said, farm-lot-raised kind of a, a, mm-hmm. a, 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 a product. And if we can supplement that with something that's healthier than what that is. We're not talking about Kobe beef here or grass-fed <laughs> beef. You know, right. the, the, this is, this isn't going to replace yep. that. Yeah. So so we're looking at the, the, the lower end product, I think, in the, the more widespread and generalized product. Um, and yeah. I think that has become a problem in our country. But the question still remains, how are you going to grow that plant protein? Without... Without livestock. Livestock inputs. Well, and, and I don't think it will be without livestock. I would inputs. love to see it where the livestock is integrated and it becomes more valuable. Where the cow stops being <laughs> this. Uh, this just don't all my thunder. That's yeah. <laughs> <They're done. laughs> oh, please, Jim, continue. No, 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 no. Chris, Chris, Chris has got a good point. You know, it's kind of like I, I said when I started this talk about the real meat is that, you know, most people want to go straight to the fact that we just got to get rid of meat. If we keep eating animals, greenhouse gases, yeah, that this, this animal rights abuses, plant based meat is going to save us. Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. that, you know, my, argu- my argument always comes down to, you know, there are no vegan ecosystems. And how are you going to grow the protein to make the plant based meat product or food product? Yeah. Um, In a lab. You know, something has to happen there <laughs> to get that product fertilized. So, yeah. So the, the plant-based meat product or meat cannot be restorative on its own or the, the ability, let's face it, we've lost somewhere around 50% of the carbon from our soils throughout the world. It's much higher in parts of Iowa and North Dakota and even Minnesota. Um, 80 to 90, 98% of, you know, our watersheds and agri- up to up to 98% of our watersheds in agricultural landscapes are degraded to the point that they don't meet water quality standards. Switching to plant-based proteins, plant 
based foods is not going to solve those problems. Mm -hmm. That comes back to the soil Mm -hmm. and the soil health principles. And the most powerful tool we have, granted, increasing diversity, keeping living roots in the ground, keeping the land covered, um, and then minimizing disturbance. Minimizing Minimizing that tornado. Those are all powerful tools. But the one that really fuels it is getting the livestock back in the land. When you get those animals back on the land and managed properly, it can be a restorative process. And that's something that's lost in the, in the plant versus real meat, plant versus meat-based discussions. Yeah, we eat too much meat. Mm-hmm. Are we going to stop eating meat? No. It's delicious. People love it. <laughs> so yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of these discussions come down to one or the other, and, this, and, and, and it's just not reality. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have livestock. It's going to be here. There's a bunch of people that are just never going to eat, quit eating meat, at least not in the near future. Yeah. Um, so how's that meat raised? That's the important part. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, you had a student the other day who said to you that going to different farms opened his eyes that there was more to farming than just raising cows. Right. That he right. thought cows were the only way to make profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that the price of beef is being driven so far down by whatever consumer price is driving it down, however, which whichever right. evil you want to look at is affecting that market, um, that it's devaluing the cow to the point where it's become just quick, easy, fast yep. money, yep. rather than a, a useful tool for the farm, um, a, a useful animal. A living, um, breathing creature. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even a healthy Crazy. product. And, and very healthy product. Um, yep. You could talk to butchers, and they'll tell you right away that there are farmers who think that they're raising grass-fed beef that's fantastic, that doesn't taste very good at all. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's because they don't understand the, the principles that make that. And I think if we get back to where that is and more pride taken in, in the, the the kind of meat that you're producing rather than the poundage that you're producing, it, right. it becomes a much better product and a much better environment. I, 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 I think, think that's done yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Yeah. So we can agree that, that maybe there is a spot for these plant-based and lab-grown meats There's has in to be, our system. Yeah, but there has to be a caveat on it and that, that nothing will truly be clean and yeah. have zero impact. Right. Um, you have to look all the way down the chain to find out where the impacts are and let's start you know, let's start mitigating or restoring, um, and 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 um, making sure that we have good impacts and not negative impacts down that line, and then grow that up. You know, yeah. from there. Yeah. And for those who are longtime listeners, uh, it'd be saddened to hear that uh, this episode is Allison's final episode. She's she's moving on to greater and better things. Thanks, and we Colin. just want to say thank you so much. Yeah. For, for participating in this and we really enjoyed your insight and and your knowledge and your laugh and, and all of that stuff um, so we really appreciate it thank you it's a valuable voice that's going to be missed oh thanks guys um i really enjoyed the learning experience is it fun yeah and this, this has fun? been a, a fun experience and um thanks for inviting me to your to the last podcast too i mean to do this with you uh it was fun 
Make our soil great again. <laughs> uh, for the, uh, and for those that want to find out more information on plant-based uh, meats, um, we'll leave some links in the, in the, the, the show notes. Um, as, well as, as, as well as adaptive rotational grazing. And adaptive rotational grazing and, and, and possible and solutions for that and soil health. We'll, we'll put that all in the show notes. If you do want to find out more about what we do here up at Happy Dancing Turtle, please go to www.happydancingturtle.org. We'd love your comments and questions. Uh, let us hear it. Uh, take care. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.